Okay, hello everybody and uh, welcome to realpeoplerealhealing.com. Um, I've got a real treat for you today, I think. This is probably going to be one of my favorite um, interviews and conversations because I've got somebody who's a very kindred spirit to me because she's healed um, Crohn's disease, which is part of the inflammatory bowel disease set. And, uh, and as some of you might know, you know, my, my, mine was ulcerative colitis, which is just another strand of the same kind of inflammatory bowel disease nonsense um, that goes on. And, um, and I've never spoken to anybody who's healed it before. So it's like this is a first for me. So really, I'm very, very excited. And I think she's probably got a lot to share. So look, before we go on, I'll say um, this is Ginny Patel Thompson, um, who's in America. And let me just read a bit from her, her website, which is listentoyourgut.com. That's listentoyourgut.com. But we'll go into that a bit later. Ginny, Ginny's healing journey started way back in 1976 when she was only eight years old and was recognized as having the gift of healing. At 17, she was diagnosed with widespread Crohn's disease. For the first three years, she did what the doctors told her until she had to face the fact that their traditional medical protocols didn't work. Ginny spent the next seven years discovering how to heal herself by listening to her gut. Ginny came from a family of doctors and pharmacists and was taught to look at things using the scientific method. So when she began exploring natural healing for her gastrointestinal disease, she conducted multiple controlled trials to determine what worked and what didn't eventually developing tried and tested methods to successfully deal with each phase of her bowel syndrome. She published her first book, Listen to Your Gut, in 2000, and since then tens of thousands of people over 40, uh, in 40 different countries have learned how to listen to their own gut and body wisdom and take a holistic approach to healing. The Listen to Your Gut community continues to grow. Ginny, welcome. Thank you, Kavi. I've been so looking forward to this. Yeah. Mm. Well, look, I mean, Jenny, I'm going to have, you know, I don't know whether you've only got an hour, but uh, I'm going to be able to talk into the night or into the day about it. <laughs> well, we, we, we can take as long as it takes. <laughs> okay, that's real good. Um, because I've probably got a thousand questions that are going to uh, arise from this. But I think, you know, a good a good place to start for these, these uh, interviews is just to let you um, talk about... What happened? You know, what? How did it? How did it come about? Maybe, or whatever you choose, whatever you feel is important to share about the Crohn's disease, about before, um, and then obviously we, it's going to unravel as we kind of delve into, um, you know, how you healed it and what you've got to share. But um, so if you can start with the kind of you know build up to a Crohn's disease, what Crohn's disease is, and uh, how it fits into the inflammatory bowel disease you know, kind of um, area, and uh, and we'll take it from there, okay? Okay, that sounds good. So I'll start by saying, uh, and this position is just beginning to shift. Maybe it has a little bit to do with what I've been writing about, but when I was diagnosed, you know, over 20 years ago, doctors viewed all the different gastrointestinal diseases as being completely different. You know, you had IBS, or you had colitis, or you had Crohn's, or you had diverticulitis, and they said, well, they're completely different uh, diseases and disorders. And I said, after my experience with them, I said, I don't believe that. I believe these are points along a continuum 
where IBS is the mildest and Crohn's is the worst, and then you have diverticulitis, diverticulitis and colitis in between. And as your symptoms increase and the disease progresses deeper into the body and deeper into the systems of the body, right? So involving the immune system, involving the endocrine system, it then it progresses onto Crohn's. But you know, the doctor would say, well, IBS doesn't turn into colitis. Well, I have thousands of readers who contradict that. They would say colitis never turns into Crohn's. Wrong. Happened to my own cousin. So I think it's really interesting and important for, you know, wherever you are on that diagnosis spectrum to pull back and take a broader view of it and maybe just say to yourself, okay, things are wrong in my gut. In the, the central processing unit of my body, things are not right. And so rather than getting so wound up in labels and diagnoses, just look at your symptoms and, and look at your symptoms as messages. So what are the messages telling you? What are they telling you about your physical life that you need to change, your diet, your lifestyle factors, your stress levels? So then we're into the emotional. What are those symptoms telling you about the health of your emotional life, your spiritual life? Where are you being called to go? What are you being called to heal? Because the gut has more neurotransmitters than the brain. So people sometimes call the gut the second brain. I call it the first brain or the brain brain because it has more neurotransmitters than the brain. So you, you know, it used to be like people with these diseases would get really upset when the doctors would say, well, it's psychosomatic. And rightly so, because psychosomatic is a very useless term and it doesn't help anybody. But if we say, look, if you have a gut disorder, you have an emotional component guaranteed because that's where your emotions are stored. That's where your pain and trauma is worked out. That's where all your neurotransmitters are. This is a biochemical fact. What do you think of that, Cavi? <laughs> I don't know, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is so true. Everything that you just said is, uh, yeah, I mean, you just said it so um, succinctly, you know, so clearly. I can tell you've been on this game for such a long time that because that, that really, but what I didn't really think, you know, or know is, and I was going to ask you this, is, is the pro progression from IBS to IBD to colon cancer, where um, colitis and Crohn's would be included in that. But you actually, you know, you think there's a map that, that might go on anyway from like IBS to, you know, to include then uh, 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 colitis, ulcerative colitis. And then and the next stage of that would be Crohn's. Because I have literally hundreds of readers who that's happened to. It started out being just my theory, saying, well, when I go into the body and what I've seen and what I feel in my own body, this is my theory, and I published it back in 2000. And then I started hearing from reader after reader after reader that, yeah, I had IBS, now I have colitis. Well, I had colitis, and now they have a new category. They call it Crohn's colitis. <laughs> <laughs> because they couldn't admit that they were wrong, you know, that, oh, they, there actually is a progression. These are not so different entities. Um, so, you know, it's just, it really, the point is to not get tied up in your label. Yeah. Yeah. Because healing, a healing mindset doesn't come from labeling yourself anyway, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's far more advantageous to go, I'm struggling with some gut issues right now, than to say, I have Crohn's disease, I have colitis, because then you're really locked in. And you're really locked into a negative place and a place of fear. Yeah. 
Can you just for 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 uh, for our listeners' sake, um, kind of talk about some of the? I know I know you know symptomology is not is not great, you know, but but given that that they manifest as kind of uh, oh, symptoms, I can't I can't use any other word right now, you know that that can, you know colitis for instance has you know bleeding and mucus and you know and discomfort and you know and and stuff like that. Could you just talk a little bit about those? Those are uh, how you know. I mean, there might, but a lot of people that I meet now have gut problems, and that you must meet so many as well. Yeah. You know, and so I just want to, you know, when do people start worrying about it or not worrying about it? When do they start acting on it? Because I hear what you're saying, you know, and sometimes the people they're so caught up in on the other side of the fence, they're so caught up in the medical system that they need help. You know, to to I don't know what I'm saying. You know, mm-hmm. let's talk about just just what Crohn's is or and what colitis is. Well, I think uh, the really defining symptom that shows you know you've moved into a more serious condition is blood. Mm. So, like with IBS and diverticulitis, you don't get blood bleeding unless it's from you know a hemorrhoid or an anal tear, an anal fissure, uh, which you know people without gut diseases get that. So that's sort of, you know, you're on the milder. And then once your intestines start to bleed, now you're into something more serious and you're into a healing pathway that is a little more involved and is going to take you a bit more time. Um, so, and then with the Crohn's, the heat, the bleeding goes even deeper. It goes into fissures that go right through the intestinal wall and can you know, exit through the abdomen or you get fistulas that can go through bone. So you can have two buttholes, your normal one and one out your tailbone where it's actually burrowed through the bone because the infection, the body has to drain the infection. Um, And then another thing, I I have a medical doctor who I've had quite a bit of discussion with and he feels um, that the drugs for Crohn's cause a lot of the fissures. Um, not fissures, sorry, fistulas. So you have complicating factors like that. But your your basic your basic um, because with diverticulitis you can have inflammation, but you won't have bleeding. You won't have the ble- when you have the bleeding. You know it's either colitis or Crohn's. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then your doctor will diagnose you. And then of course you have all of the all of the things that can go with that, right? So you can have um, diarrhea or you can have constipation. You have pain in your abdomen, gas, bloating. You can have weight loss because if your nutrients are not able to now be digested and absorbed, you may be eating as much as you always did or more, but you're losing weight because your body can't absorb and utilize any of that nutrition. So... Does that answer your question? Yeah, so you can have anemia as well, yeah? Oh, absolutely, because you can have either, you know, evident bleeding or you can have, you know, say if the bleeding happens fairly high up in the small intestine, it doesn't look like blood when it comes out in your stool. It looks, you know, black or green, but even if it's like micro bleeding, it won't even change the color of your stool, but you can lose quite a bit of iron that way. And mm-hmm. So if we can digress, because anemia is a big problem if you're having any bleeding, the um, finding a solution to that was very difficult because iron irritates the gut. So you take your iron because you're anemic and it makes you bleed more, so now you're more anemic. And it was like this feedback loop that how do you get out of that? So um, 
what I found was I found a, a brand, a very specific brand of iron that was um, from Thorn Research that was very well tolerated and, you know, didn't constipate too much either. But then things really shifted into high gear about two years ago with the nanoparticle technology. Okay, so this is a nano-sized iron. It does not require digestion. It does not even go through the digestive tract. It absorbs, it can absorb from the lining of your mouth, or it can just absorb as you're swallowing it and it goes into your stomach. So, you know, it doesn't matter. if Even if you're hemorrhaging or you're having bleeding, you can use this product. It won't exacerbate it. it it'll, you know, start to help you heal because now you have enough hemoglobin, you know, as it builds. And I had um, a nutritionist in Colorado. She had she has Crohn's, and her husband is a pediatrician. So very well educated couple, very um, up on all the latest research. And so she said, "Okay, let me try it." And she was great because she actually keeps her blood work. You know, we have so many good emails from people, and they're like, "Oh, I feel my 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 hemoglobin is up, and I know a problem." And you're like, "Do you have your stats? Do you have your data?" Oh, no, sorry, I didn't keep that. So she kept it. She kept like eight months of data. And she tried all these iron supplements. And she's a nutritionist. Like she understands how to combine the nutrients. Okay, you need your folic acid. You need your vitamin C, but not at the same time. She gets all that. She couldn't get her hemoglobin up. She just couldn't raise it. So she went on this angstrom iron product um, that we carry in the shop. And she, within, and we tell people, get your hemoglobin tested earlier because normally you get it tested every three months we tell people to get it tested in 45 days because it works that well and so now we actually have documented evidence that this product works from you know someone who kept very careful records I mean aside from my own um, so there's there's new things like that that are coming up all the time that can just change people's lives right like anemia is something that you know it's like diarrhea it can totally change your life if you get yeah. that healed Oh, really? And can, can the healing of the anemia have a profound impact on the healing of Crohn's, for instance? Well, it's sort of... And, okay, so let's talk about that. Crohn's is a multi-layered, multi-systemic condition, yeah. right? So, And this is the difficulty with people who are trying to heal it, is they, they yeah. want to heal it all at once. But you, sure. you know, but you can't because... If you try to heal it all at once, you overwhelm the body, you throw it into shock, and you get a flare. So a lot of like, you know, with cancer, right? If you got cancer and you want to heal cancer, it's like, okay, raw food, vegan, juicing, cleansing, detox. You do that to someone with Crohn's, you're going to just wind them up in the hospital on a tube feed. So you have to heal in layers. And so you, you look at the person or they look at themselves and they go, What's my most serious symptom? Okay, I'm hemorrhaging. That's super serious. Let's get that dealt with first. So then you use um, a healing implant, a Genie's healing implant enema, and you, you know, use an, a disposable enema bag so it's not a lot of liquid because, of course, you can't hold a lot of liquid when you're in that state, and it's got a very small tip because it's disposable. Um, and you, you put that into your colon uh, once a day, twice if you can manage it, and you stay horizontal because it's it's common sense. If you're vertical, gravity is pulling everything downward. How are your wounds going to clot, 
right? And if you're going through your day and you're taking care of your kids and you're going to work and you're, that's not a healing place. So you lie down, horizontal. You can be on the couch, but just have your head up. The rest of you is flat. You do the healing implant enema. You, maybe you're going to start on your probiotics at that point as well. Okay, and, and then you go on um, an elemental diet, which is a completely liquid pre-digested diet, because you don't want to have food going through your digestive tract. That's just going to tear open your wounds. It's going to slough off the, the clotting that's forming. So it's, you, you see how it has to be multi-layered, and you have to go, well, this is my most serious thing, so I'm going to start with that. But at the same time, you need to do a number of different things to address that. And did you, you know, because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you say and, and thought, my God, I wish I'd have known you about eight years ago. Because <laughs> I, oh, Ginny, I, I, you know, I learned, all, you know, most of what you're saying, and I, and I'm not anywhere near you are in the kind of clarity with which you are able to kind of, uh, you know, speak about it. Um, and I, I found through, you know, I mean, as you probably did, experiment and failing and moving forward and getting it completely wrong, you know, all of these kind of things that for me, and then eventually I, it was like, yeah, absolutely. It's a multifaceted experience that needs to be treated in a multifaceted way. And, and, but I didn't know what that meant. You know, I, I, it was like, wow, what do I start with? What do yeah. I do next? What do I do here? You know, it's like, wow, it's so difficult. And so if there's a, there's a process or, you know, it, there's an approach that people can use because a lot of people are suffering from Crohn's and colitis these days, right? A lot, you know, and, and they, need, they need the help, you know, because like you say as well, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm pretty excited here. Mm. It's uh, uh, with cancer, it, I mean, it's, obviously it's terrible, but it's, there is a, in the people I've spoken to, there is a pretty much a, a, a protocol you can follow, and it's an ABC. Obviously, there are different aspects to it, but it's pretty, it can be a pretty much an ABC. You do this, you do this, you do this. But with colitis and with these, these, these bowel issues, it's like, wow, it, it's complicated. It can be complex, right? Yes, and, and I think part of the reason it's so complex is you have such an instantaneous feedback loop to your emotional state. So you may go, oh, I was doing so well, and then this, then I had a flare, and I, and it'll be like, well, it may not have been anything you were doing physically. What happened that day? What happened the day before? Oh, well, I got some really disappointing news about that. Okay, because your gut processes your emotions, so that's what makes it such a bugger to deal with. <laughs> exactly. Quite simply. You, you, yeah, that, that's that's absolutely bang on, one hundred percent. It's it's direct. And and you can't get away with 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 anything, you know, no. because it's so direct that it speaks to you instantly. Yeah, doesn't it? It's it's like, and I think that's why it's quite difficult to for people to heal. I mean, do you have experience of people really healing it? Are they get getting it? Are they getting through it? Oh, absolutely, all the time, and they have healing to the point where they'll go back to their doctor. And their doctor, rather than admit they were healed, <clears throat> will say, well, you were misdiagnosed. Even yeah. if he's the one who did the diagnosis. <laughs> like, psychologically, it's easier for him to say, I misdiagnosed you, than to say, "You, wow, you've healed yourself. There's no trace of this. There's nothing. 
And my, I'll tell you a story as well, because you have to have compassion for people in the medical profession. Like my, my brother's a doctor and when he was in med school, he would come home and tell me about, you know, what was going on. And I look at him and I go, you know, it sounds like you're in the military being brainwashed. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's exactly like that. They deprive you of sleep and they hammer you with this and they hammer you with that. and They just break you down. And, and this is, a, it's really insidious. It's a calculated method of quote, educating medical doctors. So you have these people who've gone through a system like this and they're, and they've invested so much time and money. And then you're asking them to open their minds to something that basically says, okay, so your seven years uh, was not really worth a whole lot because it's not really showing you how to heal people. It's just showing you how to drug people and all the disease and everything keeps going underneath the drugs. How do you feel about that? (laughs) What are they going to do? Right? It's a terrible position for them to be in. Um, So it's very difficult for someone in the medical mindset to be able to switch tracks. So rather than say, yes, you've healed yourself, because in the medical community, Crohn's is an incurable disease. So they can't really, you know, their, their brain just keeps slamming into that wall. So rather than say, wow, you have healed yourself, and what does that mean? And what does that mean for my practice, for every patient who walks in my door from now on? No, their brain is slamming the wall. They have to say, you were misdiagnosed. And they would rather say, I screwed up, I misdiagnosed you, than have to make the the tremendous paradigm shift in their brain. And while we're on this topic, that's another thing that people, of course you have to be under the care of a doctor, you know, often even just for your medical plan and your insurance. Um, But you need to understand that when your doctor says to you, you must have a colonoscopy done, you must take this drug, a lot of the time your doctor is speaking from the constraints of his or her license because if they do not tell you to do this they can lose their license if they do not tell you to get a colonoscopy you can then sue them and wipe them out so it's not your health that's necessarily behind their recommendation it's fear of malpractice and it's the constraints of their medical association so they're in a really really awful position and I have medical I have many many medical doctors who have used my program to heal themselves or a family member but they can't recommend it to their patients because now they're they're in contravention of their medical association guidelines and they can have their license removed that's unbelievable yeah it's just it's an it's an out of control, obviously rampaging machine that that is, you know, in in a sense, it's it's reaching its um, zenith, it's reaching its high point, it's reaching its extreme point, and you know, it seems to me that I mean, I'm not the only one. Obviously, something is fundamentally changing because it's actually crashing because people like you, people like me, people, thousands of people that I know, and some of them actually doctors are kind of saying. Yeah, this this is all well and good, but actually nobody's actually getting healed, and there are more people sick than ever, yeah. ever, and uh, something something has to change. Meanwhile, the, the 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 pharmaceutical companies, who are the real bad guys in this in this whole debacle, you know, are kind of just just pumping up profits. So it's uh, I feel for doctors a lot of the time because actually they do, like you say, enter the the profession with a with a great vision, with great hope. Otherwise, you know, a lot of them wouldn't enter into it. You know, they want to be doctors, right? They want yeah. to heal people. 
And then during that process, it just gets, they get, like you say, brainwashed and kiboshed, and it's just a, it's a terrible thing, you know, to be that trapped that you actually have to lie. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if most of those get gut, gut issues, because doctors do get gut issues, and they're ill, sick themselves, aren't they? So oh. it's... Uh, Absolutely. Like, my brother is a living example. So he was diagnosed with Crohn's before I was. But he fought, and he's my older brother. He has followed the medical protocols and, of course, is a medical doctor. So he's had multiple surgeries. He's been on drugs almost his entire life, you know, since he was diagnosed at 15. Um, And recently, he's been, you know getting into his emotional development. He's joined a men's group. And so things are starting to shift for him emotionally. And so blow me one day, he says, Oh, that I was telling him about my latest experimental protocol, um, using a bunch of really powerful substances like DMSO, potassium iodide, castor oil, wild oregano oil in a in both an internal and a topical procedure. And I was saying, well, I've tested it on myself, but I don't have anything wrong. So I test it to make sure there's not going to be any adverse reactions or what have you. I said, but I can't assess its efficacy because I don't have anything wrong with me. So I can't say, well, it fixed this because where am I going to go? So he said, I'll test it for you. And I, ne- I nearly fell off my chair. I was like, what? So he tests it. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm scheduled uh, for surgery got to have another surgery, and I guess he was really scared about that because he's already had a few. He knows how awful that is. Uh, He's scheduled for surgery, and so they were going to do the confirmation, the colonoscopy just before the surgery in nine weeks' time. And I said, I don't know if it'll work in nine weeks because nobody's ever tried it. So anyway, he had uh, in his medical files a diagnosis of of a, quote, strong fibrotic stricture in his colon which means he had a buildup of scar tissue to the point where the food was starting to get stuck. So it was on its way to causing an obstruction and a blockage, which can then result in rupture of the colon, which will then kill you very quickly. So, you know, up till now, there's nothing that we could do about this. Um, Certainly nothing within the medical profession, right? So he, he said, yeah, I'll test it for you. Why not? So he did the protocol. And um, he did it for nine weeks. He went in for his colonoscopy. And they not only did a colonoscopy, they biopsied him from his small intestine to his large intestine. Not only was the stricture completely gone, it had disappeared. There was no sign of Crohn's in any of the intestinal tissue from small to large intestine. So so he's sitting there going, and the, the GI who was doing the colonoscopy she calls a doctor's conference because she's like, what? They've never seen this happen before. And my brother's going, I'm not saying a word because for him, <laughs> for him he's like, if he tells them, oh, I was testing a holistic healing protocol for my sister, they would wow. be like, oh, well, now you're outside the club and this is going to be a serious problem because, you know, he's a doctor at one of the top hospitals in Vancouver and he just, he was like, mom's the word. I am not saying nothing about this because that's the pressure that they're under. That's the, and even, and they, so they called this big conference and everybody came and had a look and they couldn't figure. And then they realized, then you know what their, their explanation, the only thing they could come up with, they said, well, it must not have been a stricture. It must have been, um, the, the colon was hooked on something. And it's when we did the colonoscopy, we unhooked it and that's why it's fine. 
God almighty, that's ludicrous. But they have to because they have to justify their paradigm or they are in psychological crises and probably spiritual crises as well because if you built your whole existence and your meaning upon a structure that, you know, pro, you know, says that drugs and surgery are the best we can do for people and we're doing our best and we're helping them and then something comes along saying, no, you're not helping them and at, at best, you're keeping them alive and at worst, you're making them all sicker. They can't do that. They can't go there. And, and, I, and, and I guess they're under, it's, it's also a kind of financial and a business you know, crisis as well because if they did you know, start to look, then, then their whole, not only their spiritual and emotional life could collapse, but also their business life could collapse. I Absolutely. Because what are they now going to do for money? Because they don't feel confident at all in the holistic arena. Like I would sometimes email my brother, oh, what's your, what's your opinion on this? You know, because my brother's, okay, so here's a classic example. My poor brother, I hope, I'll have to make sure he never listens to this recording. <laughs> He'll kill me. He'll be like, I'm never talking to you again. Um, anyway, small chance of that, luckily for us. Um, yeah. So his specialty is osteoporosis research. Um, so who would know about bone better than him, right? I'm thinking. So I was formulating a new um, product, again, using these nanoparticle minerals for both, um, you know, bone strengthening and um, thickening and also tooth, tooth formation, tooth re-enamelization, stuff like that. So I shot him. I said, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? He's like, I have no idea. I'm like, but this is your, this is your specialty. He says, we don't look at nutrition and minerals. <laughs> it, it boggles your mind, doesn't it? Oh, dear me. It's insane. Wow. In a word. That's, wow. I mean, okay, so <laughs> let, let, let me um, shoot a couple of questions at you. Yeah. Do they, do they run in the family? Because you and your brother have, have had it. I know somebody who lives local to me. Her, she's got it. Her brother had it. Her elder brother had it. Her father had it. And they, this is, I think, Crohn's we're talking about. It doesn't really make any difference. And, and it's like, wow, the whole... The whole family had it. I mean, not me. You know, it's like I just didn't. I just worked this one out on my own. You know. Yeah. And, but 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 is it is it a, can it be a family experience? Scientifically, yes, there is a hereditary component. Um, they haven't gone further than saying that. And then there's also a racial um, correlation. So Eastern European Jewish people tend to get gut diseases significantly more than other people. Um, so there's a few markers like that, but they, they can't say conclusively. There's not a lot that they can prove in terms of the genetic component. And, um, and your feeling? Well, I, my, my feeling is that everybody's body has, well, you can either call it your weak link where your imbalance is displayed first, or you could call it your messaging center. So when your higher self, when your body is trying to communicate to you, it's going to express itself through this channel. So say heart disease, right? Because heart disease is something else that people say, well, that's a strong hereditary uh, disease. But is it? 
the genetics or is it that if you come from a family where people don't express their emotions, so they're closed-hearted, their hearts are not open, their hearts are not healthy and embracing, um, are, you, are you not? How would you not have problems with your heart? Right? So now we're back to do we view the body as a machine or do we view the body holistically? So for the gut, um, I, I feel that, especially if you have Crohn's or colitis, you're looking at a combination of factors, okay? And a lot of the, the, the answers to these factors are going to be familial, okay? So vaccination. If you vaccinate one kid, you tend to vaccinate them all, okay? Um, diet. People in the same family and even for several generations of a family tend to eat a similar diet. Um, lifestyle factors in terms of the toxicity levels in the home. And you'll, you'll see this, like within a family, um, if the mother uses, you know, fragrance sheets in the dryer and chemical laundry detergent and uh, chemical um, air fresheners and blah, 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 oftentimes the daughter has those products in her home. So there's a lot of environmental things that are become hereditary just because we tend to do what our family does, right? I mean, how would we know any different unless we purposely educated ourselves? So, you know, there's a lot of even the physical factors that are determined. And, you know, and then you look at racial characteristics. Well, cultures tend to have a specific type of diet. So if culturally, and that may be North American culture, is very carbohydrate and sugar heavy, which all the candida and the bad bacteria are fed to their heart's content on that kind of a diet. So now are we looking at, do you know what I'm saying? And then, oh, so here's another example. There was um, a town right on the border between Canada and U.S. that had a crazy high rate of Crohn's. But what nobody put together, and I only did because, uh, so I'll tell you the correlation right now. That town had a huge oil and gas processing industry. Nobody put those two together. I did because in university, when, when, before I learned how to heal my Crohn's, I had a job doing PR for the Alberta government for their oil industry. So I would have these visiting executives come from Argentina and whatever all over the world, and I would take them on tours of the oil plants, and I set foot on these properties, and my Crohn's would go berserk. Wow. Yeah, so I, I don't know if it was, you know, through inhaling it or, you know, transdermal, or, you know, what it was, but I knew if I go to these oil refineries, I get sick afterwards, and then that, so I think there's a lot of stuff like that, that who would ever put that together, right, and maybe, maybe the, the byproducts of the oil refining are going into the groundwater and entering the water system of the area, and that's what's making everybody get Crohn's, so I, again, I think it's, it's really complicated, and that's why I, you know, I'm to the point where I'm like, uh, who cares? Just heal yourself. Does it matter? Maybe it matters for you in terms of your emotional healing process and making different choices in your life. But in terms of having any real meaning, I think, you know, maybe it could be more useful to let go of the whys and just go, well, let's just deal with what's here. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like not looking for causes but then there are things that you need to heal along the way. For instance, what I mean is that uh, part of my, the, the, I mean, when I, when I, what I had to do was heal every aspect of my life. 
the physical, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual. That's, that's how I ended up kind of separating off what can't be separated off anyway. Yes. But um, if, for instance, in the, in the emotional, I found such a strong link in my life between, between uh, the, the, what, what, what was happening with the colitis and what had happened to me way back in the 1970s with my parents' divorce where I'd buried all my anger and all my bitterness, well, not bitterness, all my, my rage and my fear, I just buried that inside me and created this kind of facsimile of myself, you know, a walking sort of personality. But deep down, I, I was still rageful, and that played itself out through addictions and drinking and drugs for 20 years. And then eventually, it all erupted. My whole life erupted in, in inflammatory bowel disease or, or colitis. And it's like, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> because... Because I was, you know, my mother was a nurse, and I came from the, the tradition of, you know, well, we don't, we don't care about what your emotional aspect is. You know, it's England in the 1970s, 1980s. It's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, you know. They, they know nothing. Yeah. The emotions aren't even recognized in any way whatsoever. So when it comes to me to kind of heal, it's like I just naturally, because I was, I was having Ayurveda at that time, you know, I was, I, was, I was engaged in the alternative world a bit, and it's like inevitably I went straight to the emotions. I had, obviously, you deal with the physical, but that takes you to the emotional, em, emotional healing. And, and so I had to go back and do all the forgiveness and letting go and really getting conscious of all those aspects. So, it, you know... But you see, that's the area... Um, like the people who who I hear from who are not well they'll heal to a certain point and yeah. then they'll plateau and so I have a blog post called why am I not healing because that's the question I get it's like well I've done this I've done this and I'm off my drugs and this is good and this is good but I'm not healed and it's like and that's where people hit the roadblock because they're they're too frightened or they're not willing to spend the time and the effort to go into the emotional realm. And I've become very um, clear-cut about this, that you cannot have long-term healing without doing that. As, as you discovered yourself, you have to go into the emotional. And I think, you know, with the healing therapies that I recommend people use is, I say don't go for psychotherapy. Talking mm-hmm. about why you're so screwed up. Great, you can do that for 10 years. Now you know all the reasons why you're screwed up and you're still screwed up. So you have to. And then, of course, now we have the knowledge, especially with Candace Pert and all her work on the biochemical expression of each emotion. We This is now turning into hard science. This is not woo-woo, um, airy-fairy stuff anymore. So you go, okay, well, we know that the mind and body are inextricably linked, even at the cellular level. So when you heal yourself, when you go to heal the emotional components of your dis-ease, your imbalance, you have to use a therapy that integrates the mind with the body. So for example, um, acupressure and acupuncture combined with talking and thinking and meditating about your stuff because then you're accessing the meridian system, right? And that's what EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, um, TFT, like all the tapping therapies that came out of the acupressure points. Uh, and then you have hypnosis. Okay, so you may be, the therapist may be taking you back, but you're going into the subconscious, you're going into the spirit body, and you're accessing things 
you know, getting out of your, your active critical mind. You know, these types of therapies are what will take you to the root and, and like you discovered, what was the originating pain and trauma and wounding that I stored and buried in my gut that is now over time blossomed into this. And so a really great example is um, this woman who emailed me and she went for craniosacral therapy, which is one of the ones that I recommend. Uh, but you have to have a practitioner that's level two or higher and you want them trained in, in something called somato-emotional release. So somato, body, emotional, and release. Um, so they are trained to actually go into using the tissues as a gateway into the trauma in the emotional field that is now stored in the physical tissues and cells of your body. So this woman says she went to a session with a craniosacral therapist and he started working on her arm. And she said, as he was, and she said, why, what, what's with my arm, right? What ended up happening as he was working with her, he unlocked a memory that was stored in her arm, her arm cells and her arm tissues of, that she had completely repressed of sexual abuse. Now, why was it in her arm? Because her dad used to grab her by that arm and take her up the stairs. So that's where that trauma and that memory was. So it's you, and, and the more you, you know, you read about this and you research, and the more you go for these therapies yourself, like I had um, memories like that in my neck. And so you're lying there, and I'm like, now, la 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 la, fine. And he moves your neck just like a micro inch, and you're like, oh, and you're sobbing your eyes out, and you're back in the memory, and it's like technicolor. And then he feels like, okay, you've had, you need a break, moves your, in, your head back, you know, a couple millimeters, and you're like, Oh, I feel fine again. I'm perfect. I'm telling you, Cabby, it's absolutely freaky. And maybe you've had similar experiences. <laughs> I've had, um, yeah, I know. I understand exactly what you're saying. One of the things that really worked for me, I had a lot of body work and Reiki and work and stuff. And, uh, and one of the things was rebirthing. And uh, mm. my, my wife is a, is a rebirther. Mm-hmm. And uh, the conscious connected breathing, it's, it's like, it, it, for me, that really worked because I didn't really have access to, to my body very much at all as a guy, you know, and as a sensitive, I just cut myself off from the neck down. And, um, and this breathing just really, it's so cellular, Ginny. Yes. It's just kind of expands the, the cellular body, the energy body to the point where, you know, because your breath is all contained in your breath. And after it, when I first started after about four or five minutes of breathing, with this is really serious breathing, lying down in a, in a very focused kind of way, I'd just go unconscious. In my whole body, I'd just go unconscious. And, um, and the, 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 the plan, in a way, is to be so connected to it, so aware and so conscious that actually you can breathe for an hour, totally relaxed, like the sea coming in and out, so that you're fully conscious and very relaxed and almost in a state of love through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it takes such a long process over a year or so to get to that, that it was like, wow, I really, I, I transformed completely in that process. And I cried and I raged and I sweated and I, you know, I felt energetically all of the things that were trapped in my body on the deepest emotional cellular level, I, I, I released. And it's, you know, it, it happens to you, but you have to put yourself in those situations, don't you? You you have to. And, you know, people are probably listening to you going, I'm not going to do that, right? Like, that's what's so scary about people. 
they don't want to be in a position of vulnerability like that where they're raging and crying and they're, they're sweating it out their pores and, you know, and you can't push anybody to go to that place. And I think that's part of what these, you know, physical illness is there for. I, I really feel that physical illness and, and the Maoris, um, not the Maoris, sorry, the Aboriginals of Australia say this. They say, the, when you will not listen to your higher self or your spiritual guidance or the divine or whatever name you want to give it, when you won't listen and your higher self has to get your attention, as a last resort, it will use your physical body because that is yeah. something you cannot ignore. You can ignore all the signs, all the dreams, all the things you read in books, all the things that people around you tell you. It's very easy to ignore all those things. When you have a serious debilitating physical illness, you can no longer ignore it, and you are highly motivated to heal it. So, you know, whereas in other cultures, maybe they're willing to meditate for 20 minutes a day and connect and go within and, and, and use healing as a daily ongoing process. In our culture, we're not. We're like, time is short, got to get moving, things on the go, things to go, people to see, stuff to do, go, go, go. So how does our body, how does our spiritual self get our attention in this culture through making us sick? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and then, you know, just to add to that, it's for, for, you, to heal... I, I believe, you know, these, these kind of healings that we're talking about, you have to be prepared to get vulnerable. You have to be prepared to cry. Even as a guy, you have to let it go. You can't be strong in a false way to heal these kind of things. But the ironic thing for everybody who's listening is when you've been through that process, it makes you stronger and more authentic than ever you were before. Absolutely. Because you become a real human being, you know, a really strong, deep, wise human being who can explore uh, all of your emotional, all of your emotions. You're not frightened of your emotions. You're not hiding from anything. And that's the point. That's where the transformation happens for me, and that's what I'm excited about. And, and I'll go even further in extrapolating the point from that. Because, you know... Because I was like this myself. If you said, well, you get to be a real person, you get to feel your feelings, I'd be like, who cares? Who wants to feel your feelings? Who wants to be a sucky little whiny feeling person? But here's the, here's the point beyond that. That leads to freedom. That yeah. leads to an awesome life, to the most fabulous, deep, meaningful, fun relationships. That leads to, I would even go uh, find abundance. You know, having enough money to do what you want to do because you're not held back. You're not in bondage to all this crap and trauma that is keeping you in a cage. And so, you know, even freedom. Freedom is really the end game, I think, for all of this. And to go, you know, if you go to someone and, and you say, okay, you're in a jail cell. Do you want to be free? Is that, it's not something you really need to explain to somebody. Everybody wants freedom. And I don't think, I think the, the problem comes that they don't realize that this journey through the pain, through the darkness, through the jungle of yourself, through all the crap that you're absolutely frightened to go look at because you know it's going to hurt a lot. And maybe it's going to take you out for a while. Maybe you're going to be not able to function for a while because you're crying every half an hour or you're, but it is so absolutely worth it. And, and I think it's wonderful for, to have you as a guy saying the same thing because there needs to be more men speaking the way you're speaking and saying, yeah. 
you know, and, and not, you know, you're, you're like a, you're a real male male too. You're not like a femi guy. Right. So I think it's even more, more powerful coming from someone like you to go, yeah, man, I'm like a rocker dude and I'm, I'm loving this and I'm so free and I'm so happy. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, I thought when, when before, you know, in my life before, when I was just a musician and I was doing all that stuff and drinking and, uh, you know, living the a kind of, I thought I was free, you know, I was so not free. Yeah. I was so living in, a, in a, an illusion of freedom. It just was so false. I was like living on a, a tiny road, you know, that I had to stay on. And now I've got the whole freeway. You know, now now life is a, is is so wide. You know that it's yeah. like, yeah, I I really I want it. I do shout about it because it hasn't turned me into any kind of woo woo guy. You know, I'm I'm like, wow, I'm a warrior. You know, yeah. I'm I'm on fire with with the passion of of what I believe is is the truth as well. You know, that's why you know it takes us back into that. People are so trapped, you know, for for so many different reasons in the system. You know, in the food system, in the medical system, in the thinking system, in the media system, and I mean, it's 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 you know, it kills people. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's like it's not you know, it's like if you get if you get sick, there's your opportunity. I see. I came to believe, and I never thought that I would. That actually, when I got my gut stuff, you know, I thought it was the biggest curse that I'd ever had in my life, and I like everybody. <coughs> Or, oh no, you know, it's all gone wrong and what's happened to me, isn't it terrible and everything. And then I, I just took the, the moment that it happened to me and I was in the consultant's office and he said, oh, you, you're going to have this for life and you're going to be on medication for life and there's no cure and it's all really bad news. And I said, well, what about alternative medicine? And he said, well, it's, it's really dangerous. And I knew then. I <laughs> it's knew. really dangerous. You might heal yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'd rather, we'd rather kill you with the medication. <laughs> so I just walked out. I walked out and, and started that day. And I tell you, it's turned into such a blessing for me because it, it, it's, it's like, wow, I really found myself during the process. And that's available. That's not just me because of who I am. That's available for every single person. And like Absolutely. you say, Jenny, you know, freedom lies at the end of that road. Yeah. You know, so guys, come on, let's, let's kind of go with it. Okay. You know, I want, to talk, it's, it's, I want to talk about something else as well. Okay. Diet. Mm-hmm. Food. Yes. Now, you, you talked a bit about food. Now, I know about food because I had to find out, you know, I, I, I went raw about um, three years ago. Wow, I got a flare-up. Well, not even a flare-up <laughs> because I was still not cleared up. I was still, you know, mucus and blood and stuff like that. And it's... Uh, it, it, it really was pretty tough going raw, and I know a lot of raw people, and 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 so can we just talk around, you know, like like we did a bit earlier, but a bit more specifically or a bit more generally about the the, the diet in the uh, in the acute phase, and then you know something afterwards. So what do you what what's your what's your take on the whole diet thing? Well, again we're back into a bit of complexity because instead of saying this is the diet and everybody should be on it, your diet really depends on your symptoms and how severe you are and, and where you're at in your healing. And again, the difference I think between me and a, a lot of people who have healing programs is 
the end goal of my dietary program is freedom. It's being able to travel and eat off of roadside stalls in Thailand and go to your friends' houses for dinner parties and not have to give them a whole list of allergies before you get there. And <laughs> so, you know, because my thing is like, so what? Like, you've got the SC diet, right? The specific carbohydrate diet by Elaine Gottschall, which, you know, renders a lot of people symptom free, but they can never get off that diet or they're back in the hole. They're back in the jail cell. And I say, well, that's okay, that's a step, but you're not in freedom. How are you going to travel? Where are you going to go? When you're, you're in a country where they don't even understand you and you're going to give them, you're going to say, no carbohydrates, no polysaccharides can be in my food? You'll never be able to do it. So that to me is not freedom. So my program, you know, is based upon, you know, you get to know your body uh, very intimately and you test your body because everybody's is different. Some people's, let's say your healthy body, even with a healthy body, some people's bodies need more meat. They need more protein. Other people's bodies need more fruit and vegetables. And I've seen this with my own children who have been taught from birth to connect to their gut and not ask their taste buds what they want to eat, but ask their tummy, ask their belly. And I've seen them and they have different body types and they lean towards very different diets that give them the best bowel movements and keep them the healthiest. So it's really great having three kids because you get like three blank slates to kind of experiment yeah. on and see what happens and, and kind of watch them and go, well, if you're not screwed up about food and your only training around food has been listen to your body and follow what your body says, what do they do? Where do their bodies go with that, right? And then watching as they get older, the, the cultural influences yeah. and going to friends' houses and having their taste buds exposed to things that go, wow, that's like so awesome, chemicals and artificial, and I just want that, mom. Oh, oh, but that's really bad for me, so maybe, okay, maybe I'll just have that when I go to my friend's house, right? So it's a very interesting process. So for diet... Again, it depends on your severity. So if you, and I did an interview with one of the top leaders of the raw, raw food vegan world who has Crohn's or healed himself of Crohn's. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And he's now recommending my stuff because ah. <laughs> the proof is in the pudding. You try it, you flare, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter what the theory is underneath. So you have to just go, well, what works? What heals you? What restores you? What gives you true vitality and energy? Okay, so let's start at the beginning. You're hemorrhaging. You're malnourished. Um, you've got low hemoglobin, blah, blah, blah. The best diet for you is something that is totally unhealthy for a normal person because it's completely processed and it's got a lot of carbs in there. It's an elemental diet which is basically going back to breast milk, right? Breast milk is super, super sweet. I don't know if you've ever tasted breast milk, um, but I have. <laughs> now that you can claim, my husband has. We were, we were in Mexico, and so I'd, I'd had to pump to leave enough for the baby. And so, of course, then my breast kept producing even for the couple days that we were away. So I was freezing it in the fridge, but then I had too much, and I looked at him, I said, we are not pouring this down the drain. This is like gold. I was like, bottoms up. And he's like, no, don't make me. But it's in, it was interesting too, because when I drank my own breast milk, my stomach bloated. And I got that, that woozy feeling, which is the same feeling you get when you drink an elemental diet shake 
where everything is pre-digested. And if you think about babies, they've got those fat little baby bellies, right? Yes. That's because their food is elemental, and that's the way the body digests it. So people will go on an elemental diet and say, oh, I'm bloated. I say, it's not working. No, that's normal for that food source, right? Liquid bowel movements are normal for that food source. It doesn't mean you have diarrhea. Your body is not losing nutrients. Think of a baby. A breastfed baby has about eight bowel movements a day, and they're all liquidy. There's no formed bowel movements with a breastfed baby. So for people in extreme disease states, they, in my experience, and you know, about 30,000 of my readers to date, you have to go back to that highly processed. So it's, it's whey protein isolate, okay? The casein's been removed. The lactose has been removed. Um, it's tapioca maltodextrin. So it's cassava root broken down to what's called a glucose polymer. Does that feed candida? You bet it does. Candida loves anything that's any kind of saccharide, but you have to or you won't gain weight. And if you can't gain weight and you're malnutrition, your own body's healing systems can't kick in. So then we're getting back to what I talked about before about the healing in layers. So you go, well, what's more serious, candida or bleeding and malnutrition? And I'm talking skeletal malnutrition, right? I have people who the doctors have come and said, there's nothing more we can do. We can't operate on you anymore. There's, the drugs are not going to work because you're like, you're like a, a five foot nine male and you weigh 60 pounds and nothing's working. And I, we're sorry to tell you this, but you got to get your will in order. Okay. And wow. then the guy emails me and he's like, and I found your Absorb Plus and I went on the elemental diet. I've gained 40 pounds and I'm out of the hospital and I'm getting my life back. Wow, really? And this really? is a highly processed food product that you would never give a healthy person, ever. Incredible. Yeah. So we have to really get out of our, I'm vegan, I'm vegetarian, I'm raw, I'm carn, I'm paleo, I'm, you know, you have to get away from all those labels, all those trends, all those ideas of cleansing the body, which, you know, that's one of my little, hmm, thought things, because if you look at the vegan movement, at the raw food movement, they continually talk and about being clean. I feel clean and I feel pure and I have multiple colonics because I need to feel clean, I need to feel pure. And I say, why do you feel so dirty? I don't think this is a food issue. I don't think this is a health issue. I think, again, we're back to the holistic, this is a spiritual emotional issue. What happened to you that you feel you're so dirty? And that having a normal digestive tract makes you feel that you have to cleanse it because it's not clean enough. What's really going on underneath there? Mm. And, then yeah. you, and then you get to a stage of healing where you, and for a normal person, if you juice vegetables, which for you know a healthy person is fabulous, or someone with cancer, fantastic. Someone with Crohn's or colitis, you start juicing those veggies, you're going to be on the toilet 20 times a day. Your system can't handle it. So the healing has to go in layers. And as you heal, because of course, you're simultaneously, you're taking probiotics, you're healing your emotional body, you're taking um, mucosal lining substances like aloe vera, only a very specific type of aloe vera, um, licorice root, slippery elm, marshmallow root, um, you're taking CoQ10, N-acetylglucosamine, L-glutamine, which is the primary nutrient for the mucosal lining. There's a lot of very targeted supplements that you are taking at the same time 
to heal that mucosal lining and restore your microvilli to where they can actually receive nutrients from the food you're eating, well now you're off the elemental diet, okay, and you're introducing your foods one by one, and you're testing them to go, well, what does my body like? Oh, who knew my body hates squash? Who hates squash? I guess my body does. Okay, squash is off my list. And then as you heal more, maybe in a few months' time, you're going to go, I'm going to try some squash again. Oh, look, I'm good with squash now because my system's healed to the point. So it's not about saying, I'm allergic to this or I'm intolerant to that. It's saying, well, my body's not liking that now but I'm gonna keep healing. And maybe once I get my endocrine system balanced and my adrenals and my thyroid are tracking, oh look, now I can have a bit of um, you know, carbs once or twice a week and it's fine. And you know what, it doesn't make my candida flare because I've improved my gut flora to the point where my gut flora is so strong and healthy, it just kicks that stuff out. So it can't get a toehold in there. So this is, again, we're back to the multi-layer, the interrelated healing process where everything has to work together. And then you really keep always back to your own body, back to your own body. Because at some point, you know, while you're healing, wound repair takes a ton of protein, just masses amount of protein. You try to do that on a vegan or vegetarian diet, you're gonna, it's going to take you a long time to heal. Maybe you'll never get there. So you have to go, how can I receive protein? Can I take it from milk? Can I take it from goat's milk? Can I take it from camel's milk? Okay, I philosophically feel fine with raw camel milk. Fine, take it, but you've got to get it because your body has to restore itself. So does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> or just leave you with 100 more. <laughs> It does, it, and, and, and within that, the candida that you came to say, the whole leaky gut, you know, that would come after the, after the acute phase that you're talking about, after the elemental, has kind, after you've stopped the blood, basically. You have to stop the bleeding, and you have to put enough meat on your bones that your body's own healing mechanism can kick back in because that is more powerful than any diet and any supplements. And when you're skinny as a rake and completely depleted, your healing mechanism is shut down. So those are your two most important things. You've got to stop losing your life force blood, and you've got to restart your own healing mechanism, which is the most powerful thing that you have. And the way to do that is to, is to stop the bleeding and put some weight on you. Put some meat, not, not fat, right? Because the, the pharmaceutical elemental products, they don't work because they don't put muscle on you. You need muscle, lean muscle mass, because that's what contributes to the foundational vitality and strength of your body and restarts that healing mechanism. And so how do you do, how do, you do that? Using the whey protein isolate. Sometimes you can do it with um, a veggie protein. It might just take a little bit longer. I mean, veggie proteins have come a long way. So if you have a, um, a good veggie protein and then you really need the good fats, the good fats, the cell membrane is 40% fat. So along with the, with the high protein needs for the wound repair, you also, almost everybody in, in modern society is, even no matter what fried, garbage, you know, oily foods they eat, they're fat deficient because they're not getting the good fats. Mm. So you're looking at organic and ideally grass-fed butter. 
Uh, you know, get your butter from Ireland because it's all grass-fed up there, I hear. Um, mm -hmm. Or get it, buy it off a local farm. Um, you need your fish oils, your omega-3 oils, your flax seed. Um, a lot of people do, do well on hemp seeds. Some people don't. Your coconut oil, raw coconut oil, fantastic. Again, some people won't tolerate coconut. So you have to test it and go, well, which oils does my body like? And then every few months retest again. Oh, well, I didn't like coconut oil. Now I do or vice versa. Right. So but just get you have to get those good fats in. And that's the other problem with the vegetarian vegan diets is they're just so fat deficient. But if your cell membrane is 40 percent fat, how are you going to heal without, a, you know, you need a lot of healthy fats. Mm. Yeah, I, I it's taken me a long time to realize that. <laughs> yeah, it has, you know, and, and, and it uh, and also. You know, I mean, for me, in this country, it's very cold and it's very damp. Yes. And that's, well, that's going to have such a detrimental e effect on the body. And, uh, and if, you're, if your immune system is weak, your whole gut system is weak, you know, and you're trying to heal at the same time, uh, you know, and ve being vegan, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, the odds are stacked against you, really, aren't they? Really. You know? And you know what? That's an interesting thing you just brought up, the climate. Because that's another thing. When you're breastfeeding, your breast milk composition changes depending on which climate you're in. So mm. if you go to Singapore or Mexico or whatever where it's considerably hotter, your breast milk contains a much higher um, amount of water and electrolytes. Because the body wisdom will adjust according to climate. So why wouldn't we? Like, you just said that. It made such perfect sense. Yeah, you're in a cold. And like, if you think of vegan and vegetarian, I immediately see myself wearing a sarong and I'm on a beach and I'm having, like, mangoes and, and you know, <clears throat> raw coconut and, you know, lopping the top off it. That's what I see. If I'm in England, I'm, like, huddled. I need fat. I need protein, right? Like, I need, like, those comfort warming foods. And, I mean, that's very Ayurvedic too, though, right? Yes, and, very. And Chinese yeah. medicine. Chinese medicine recognizes that as well. Very much so. Yeah, yeah I'm, absolutely. I mean, you know, the trouble with the with the whole vegan thing, and the, and even more so with the raw thing. It's uh, it it so easily becomes a mental a mental idea, you know, and and you just kind of impose that on the body, and and I found out to my you know to my, to my cost that that actually doesn't work. Like you say. It has to be completely shifted, you know, exactly. to, to your gut. Yeah, it does. And, and acknowledging that you, that's going to change depending on your age, uh, your climate, your level of healing. Like there's so many factors that are going to change that for you. And just, just being willing to, again, spend the time and the awareness to go into your own body and to keep connecting to your own body and follow because your body knows. If, and, if a and, mother's and, and, body knows what to produce to feed its infant, don't you think your body knows what you need? Yeah, for sure, yeah. And, um, and so after your, you know, now, I mean, it's been a long time since you had back, back Crohn's. And um, do, do you still, I know, I know obviously once you become conscious of what you're eating and listening to your gut, you always do that. But now can you eat what you want? Absolutely. Or, yeah. Yeah, I can eat everything now. Um, and my kids have kind of, 
We went to Mexico one year, and the kids, none of them liked chilies. So we were really, we were there for six weeks, and we were like, oh my gosh. And so I ended up eating at McDonald's about two weeks. And it was, right, like who wants to eat at McDonald's anyway? Mm -hmm. But I have three kids, and they pretty much overruled me. And then by that time, I didn't want to go to another restaurant to eat somewhere else. So I was just like, fine, I'll have McDonald's. And I'm fine. I don't feel great. I mean, who feels great after they ate McDonald's? But I didn't get ill. I didn't get a flare. I didn't get any change in my bowel movements or bloating or anything like that. So I can eat whatever I want. However, once I hit 40 and with everything that they're doing to the wheat grain, if I eat wheat now, I get constipated for three days. Uh -huh. It's Totally bizarre. And I had checked myself for wheat repeatedly over the years and had no problem with it. But honestly, they've done something to the grain that must be super nasty because I just hear it all the time. And there's a restaurant I went to. All their sandwiches are on gluten-free buns. And I said, really? And they said, well, they just feel better in the stomach. They don't even tell people they're gluten-free. That's just what they serve because their, their restaurant patrons like it more and they keep coming back. So, I, you know, again... Agriculture. What are they thinking, mucking with the grain like that? But now they've just made sure that nobody can eat it. Wow. Is that a GMO thing, do you think? I think it's a GMO thing, and I think it's also um, just like a plant breeding thing. Like they've been, they've been messing with the breeding of the grain to produce a higher, lighter, fluffier uh, wheat, and they've, they've wrecked it. They've done stuff. They've hugely incre increased the gluten content. To something that doesn't exist in nature and so you know there's a whole bunch of reasons why and a lot of people in North America I had I did a teleseminar actually with a hormone specialist uh, in Seattle and she said she has a number of clients who cannot touch wheat in the States and they fly to Europe where Italy and France have been very protective over their local food supply and they can eat bread and pasta as much as they want Wow yeah I was like, wow, that would be really interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, from my observation, it's uh, you've got a bigger problem on that, that front than, than we have over in the UK. And I mean, <clears throat> mind you, actually, there's a lot of sick people over here. So, you know, it doesn't matter whatever, whatever you've got. We've got something over here that's making people very, very sick, you know, because there's a lot of very sick, obese, you know, overweight, diabetic you know, heart conditions, gut problems here. You know, it's there's a there's a there's a crisis in the in the Western world. I don't know about the Eastern world. Well, but there's a crisis in the Western world. Do you think? But my my son at the age of ten summed it up. He was in the bath and he said, "You know, Mum, you're never going to run out of customers." And I said, "I said, well, <laughs> I said, well, I'm hoping that I will. I'm hoping people will heal themselves. And I never hear from them again." He says, "Not going to happen." He says, "People eat so much crap." There's, there's going to be new sick people showing up all forever. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you have a point. Like what we consider to be a normal, even quote, healthy diet in mainstream Western world is a very gut toxic diet. Like it feeds all the bad stuff. It starves all the good microorganisms. And it doesn't, you know, like we're all on low fat. Well, we just talked about fat. How's that going to work for you long term? Not good. It's going to lead to disease. We talk about, um, you know, the Western world. There's sugar. There's there's fructose. There's carbohydrates in everything. So 
those simple carbohydrates and even some of the complex carbohydrates, unless they're soaked and fermented first, which all the traditional cultures do, but we've lost that knowledge, they feed all the bad microorganisms in your gut. So I meet people all the time who think that they're eating a really healthy diet, like they've actually done their research, but they're researching Western agribusiness pharmaceutical funded sources of information, right? And your Canada Food Guide and your U.S. Food Pyramid, those are totally industry-funded creations. So they think they're eating healthy, but they're not. They're not going back to what I consider the source, which is what Dr. Weston Price did in the 20s when he traveled around the world and he said, okay, where are the tribes and villages of people who have a tooth decay rate of less than 1% and no degenerative disease? And when he found those people, he studied what they ate, he documented everything, he wrote about all their food preparation methods, which is where we found out that, you know what, all of these people soak and ferment their grains first for a minimum of 24 hours, often 48. Um, they all get healthy fats. Even if they're inland tribes, they journey to the sea once a year to get their fish oils. They eat their milk raw and they ferment it to increase the probiotic content. There were certain factors and none of the tribes that fit his criteria were vegetarian just by the way. They may be vegetarian for most of the year, but at least once or twice a year they would pilgrimage to get the meat, the organ meats, the fish oils, you know, those types of products. So for me, it's that's really what you want to do. You want to go the media information on what's healthy and what you're reading in the books on the shelves changes like the wind I mean anybody who's been alive for more than 20 years knows that you know that well this is good now it's bad no this is good now it's bad you can't go by that you have to go by what works and what works in the long term and what produces healthy robust children who hardly get sick and and who's have you know healthy bowel movements at least once or twice a day like that's your that to me should be your gold standard for determining what's healthy is results yeah i yeah. know uh, i agree absolutely no i i i get all of what you say because it's also i'm really lucky over here i i we we moved here <clears throat> it's a tiny little place and it's uh on the seaside in in the uk it's cold it's gray it's got chip shops you know fish and chip shops everywhere and uh, so many sick and, you know, toxic people down here. But five miles down the road is a raw goat farm, and they do raw goat milk. And it is the best raw goat milk that I've ever come across, and I make that into kefir. Oh, and we nice. do a lot of fermenting, you know, in, in, in our house here. And, um, and I, I, you know, I really believe that has elevated my healing no end, you know. Yes. But again, so let's talk about fermenting. You can't benefit from fermented foods until your gut flora has reached a certain level of health. Yeah. So you can't even take probiotics because they can throw you into a flare. Wow. But you need them. So you have to introduce them in a way which is why the Natron brand is the only brand that I recommend. Well, for numerous reasons. But what I really like them is their probiotics are available in single species in powder form. So you can start, and we have people, many people have to start with a sixteenth of a teaspoon of just um, Bulgaricus, for example. And they have to do that 
for a week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, and then they can maybe increase it to an eighth of a teaspoon. And then they do that for three more weeks. And then they can introduce it, maybe they start adding in an eighth of a teaspoon of the acidophilus. And then they do, it's a very slow process because, and the gastroenterology literature um, acknowledges this and has, there's a number of papers um, available showing that in these disease states, the body loses tolerance to both its own and foreign source bacteria. It's like the body just goes, kind of goes into this microorganism mode, you know, and can't really distinguish what's good or what's bad or, you know, maybe the gut biofilm is so reduced that, that you're having bacteria go places they're not supposed to go, so the body just, but yet without the good bacteria, you can't restore that biofilm properly, so, you know, you have to, you go, well, this is, this is where I need to go, but I need to go slowly and I need to totally listen to my body. And maybe I can only have an eighth of a teaspoon of a single species once every four days. Fine, I'll start there. And over time, because you, you know that for long-term healing, again, you look at humanity. Humanity, Genghis Khan carried their yogurt culture with them because they knew it was so integral to the health of their army. So you, yeah, historically, you have to look at what people have done. People, human beings need fermented foods. They need probiotics. So you, you do what you can and you take it slowly and you totally listen to your body at every step and you gradually get there. Wow. You see, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's amazing really because, I mean, people need somebody like you in their community. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am. That's the great thing about the World Wide Web. I'm there in everybody's community. Like everything we've been talking about is on my website and in my books. It's all there. People just have to spend the time. Yeah. And I you're doing you it now too, right? You're so okay, so you don't like to read? Fine. Listen to this this recording from Cavi. Here you go. Yeah. It's it's true. And I mean, you know, to to to, to heal this this whole area, you do need to get on the horse. You do need to have to ride the horse. You do have to become a bit of an investigator. You do have to be interested. You know, you have to be interested in the... So you take responsibility. But that's the whole idea anyway, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you do have to take responsibility. And this is one of my, you know, key points, I think, with people. It's like, unless you're prepared to take responsibility... For your healing, don't take responsibility for what caused it. Who cares about that? But take responsibility from now onwards. Yes. And it really serves you if you do that. There are people out there who can help. You do have to find them, but they've got the information. The World Wide Web has, I mean, it's helped me. Yeah, I couldn't have done this. I couldn't have healed mine without the web. That's what, that's what served me, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because my healing protocols were all before the internet. When I discovered everything that I used to heal myself, the internet did not exist. I was going to my gastroenterologist and he was laughing and patting me on the head, but thank God giving me his textbooks and loading me up with a stack of them in his research reports. And I was taking them home and reading them and then returning them to him. So it was, yeah, it was crazy the amount of, of trial and error. Like, yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't have taken me seven years, I don't think, if I'd had the internet. Wow. I tell you, I really wish I'd have found you in 2005, 2006. I think you could have saved me a lot of time because even though I had the internet, I was still, you know, <coughs> just a long time because I actually do 
I hear what you're saying about the probiotic thing because with this, you do have to be patient. Mm-hmm. It does take time. You know, yeah. you, you move steadily, don't you, on it? You, you know, do. But it takes time. And it also depends on where you're at when you come to my protocols. Like I had this one woman and she had eaten, you know, she wasn't like you. She wasn't boozing and dragging and all the rest. So her body wasn't broken down on those levels. She was your normal, you know, nice, nice gal. And she'd eaten um, a fairly whole foods diet her whole life. And her family orientation was towards herbal medicine. So when she got diagnosed with Crohn's, or Crohn's, yeah, it was, I was like, was it colitis? No, it was Crohn's. When she got diagnosed, um, she did not take a single drug from the doctor. She immediately went to the internet, started searching, found me. Well, she was healed in six months. Uh. Yeah, which is incredibly short for Crohn's. You know, and I've had people, you know, heal from colitis in four months if they get to me at that stage before they've done any of the drugs, before they've, you know, their body has started to sustain the deeper damage. Uh, And then she was, you know, there's a point where you're symptom free and you're feeling really good. So she hit that at six months. And then there's a point where you're no longer scared that it's coming back. You know what I'm saying? That's like, that's a whole different level of healing where you're like, yeah, I'm really done. I really am. And it doesn't even enter your universe. And and that, you know, I think for her took about another year, a year and a half. And uh, she's she's done. So it was very, very quick. I have other people. They've been on drugs for 30 years. They've had three or four surgeries. So they're missing a lot of the absorptive capability of their intestine. But they finally had enough. Takes them 30 years of the med system. But they finally had enough. And, you know, for someone like that, it's going to take them two years just to get off their drugs. Yeah. Because every time they try to get off their drugs, their body's going to flare like crazy. So, you know, it takes time for them to build fluency with the natural protocols, to gain confidence in themselves that, oh, I can handle this. Um, which is really the point and why my stuff is so DIY, right? Like, I love it when I get emails from people saying, You know, my daughter, she just, we came through her flare. We did not even see the doctor. We we could handle everything on our own with your materials. Fantastic. That's what I want. I don't want you saying you need a personal consult with me because aside from the fact that I don't do them, that would defeat the whole purpose. The whole purpose about this is for you to empower yourself and become fluent and gifted and in your own healing. And then guess what? You're going to start healing everybody in your family too. Because this healing process, this knowledge applies across the board to any disease. Ah, yeah. So let's, yeah, that's what I was going to, that was going to be kind of my, because we'll get on, you know, we'll, we've been an hour and a half now. So we'll, we'll, we'll start wrapping up. But let's just talk about that. Because all, most diseases have, you know, these so-called symptoms all have a pretty similar root cause, right? And so what you're talking about I mean, if you heal the gut, if you heal the immune system, you're all, you're there, aren't you? You're you you're gonna kind of, I mean, that's the Ayurvedic way and the Chinese way. It's like let's work on core health, get the body flexible, get it in balance, and then it starts actually creating health from the inside out. Exactly, exactly, because you're giving it the tools, and you're not sabotaging it, and you're healing the emotional triggers and originating events at the same time. 
Yeah. So you're not, you know, it's interesting because people will say, you know, well, I healed from cancer and went to remission, um, but it didn't last. And it's like, well, maybe you were healed. What if you were healed? You were healed. You were done. But because you didn't address the emotional component that created the cancer and perpetuated the cancer in the first place, you recreated a new cancer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right? It's a, yeah. There's, there's, no, there's no shortcuts. There's no. no shortcuts. In fact, the shortest cut is to like accept all of this and, and go, yeah, you know what? It's frightening. It's scary. Vulnerability sucks. But I have to go there because I want to be free. I want to be free and I want to be like really free, like end game free. And then, and I am willing to put in the work because you know, you're fermenting your own foods. That takes time. That takes effort, right? It's not like you said, going down to the fish and chip shop takes you five minutes. You got your supper. But what's the long-term cost of that? It's going to cost you a heck of a lot more than the 30 minutes to ferment your goat milk, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you have to include it in your repertoire. It has to become part of your life, doesn't it? Yes. You know, that's that's the whole that's the whole point. You include it in your in your life. It's not some thing that you just have to do because oh god, I have to eat to stay alive. No, no, no. It's like, you know, include it. It's your it's your core health for God's sake. It's the it's the the fire of your life, isn't it? You it know. Is. Absolutely. And you know, the more you the more you get fluent in cooking and food preparation, the faster and the easier it is. And sure, in the beginning, it feels like it's such a oh, such a lot of work, and it's so difficult. And then, but you have to know it's like learning a new skill. And once you get skilled in it, you you'd be just whipping it off and maybe not even thinking about it. And you know, if you've got family, you get everybody else involved, so you split the load, and it's it becomes quite manageable. It's just in the beginning. And so that's where you have to have the compassion for yourself. Because if you say, I'm going to change my diet, I'm going to do all this healing, and I'm blah, 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 what are you doing? You're back in stress. You're back in pressure. And that's going to make your condition worse. Yeah. <laughs> so underlying all this commitment and all this effort has to be compassion. Compassion, compassion, compassion at all times. And to go, yeah. well, I can't do that right now. I know I should. I know that would benefit me. I can't do it. It's too much. It's okay. It's okay, I'll get there. Because I, I agree, you know, because they're, they're, it's like, well, that takes you on to this kind of, you know, spiritual component, you know, if, you, if, if it could be called a component, you know, which is, has, has these, you know, self-love and compassion. Well, that starts with, with oneself, you know, and, and uh, you, that has to be part of the equation because without it, it's like, you know, something's missing. You have to develop that. You know, it, it's just fundamental to the whole healing because I mean, for a lot of people actually who I know, they they believe that that all illness is in its root cause spiritual, a sp spiritual disconnection. I I would agree with that. However, once it manifests in the physical body. I would say most of the time you cannot just heal it by addressing no. the emotional spiritual because now it's it's manifested. Yeah. So once it's in there, you have to do the emotional spiritual and the physical at the same time. Yeah, it's like you have to go 
you have to retrace your steps and go go and, and do it, don't you? Yeah. If it's kind of worked its way down almost from the highest realm, you know, this is kind of you know spiritual talk, from the highest realm all the way down into the very manifest, into the very gut, into the very cells of the of the body, that's about as far down as it can kind of go. So then you have to deal with it from the cells of the body right the way up. But that does mean always that you have to do the bodily work, the emotional work, and for me, the mental work and, and the spiritual work. And those, all of those aspects all simultaneously create freedom. You know, and so since we're there, let's just go there a little bit deeper just for a couple minutes. Um, you know, a lot of the spiritual traditions are all about, well, you're not this body. You are this beautiful eternal soul and you are, in your essence, a spiritual being. And to that I say, yes, mm. but you've incarnated. <laughs> so why do you think that is? Do you think you've incarnated to have the point of your existence be escaping from your physical body and being a nirvana? Well, guess what? Kill yourself. You're there. Easy, fast. Save yourself 20 years of effort. It doesn't make sense to me. It never made sense to me. And the healing journey really showed me the value of that integration. You know what? Even if we we more strongly identify with our spiritual self and our eternal self. That's fine, but you're here now and there must be a reason for that. So stop trying to escape it. Stop trying to transcend it. Live in it. Connect more deeply with it because maybe when you find when you go deep within, you find what you were looking for by trying to go without. And John F. Barnes is um, a physiotherapist who... Um, created a therapy called myofascial release and he's trained in the shamanic tradition so when he comes to his work he brings that with him and people have just he just puts their hands on them and holds space for them and their bodies start moving and they go into the most bizarre positions because their bodies are unwinding the trauma that maybe has happened from back from the uterus right mm -hmm. um and as they and they go and then and then things just release and then of course the emotional release follows the physical unwinding. It's a very powerful um, experience. And he's to the point now where he doesn't do sessions. He will only train therapists because you know it's such a powerful therapy and he needs to get it out there. So that's where he's you know maximizing his time. But he said, and this is I finally was like, thank God somebody finally put into words. He said. The body is the densest part of the soul. Yeah. Exactly. So it is not separate. It is not like, oh, here's your spirit and your true self and your soul, and here's your physical body, and let's just, you know, we are not that physical body. Yeah, you are. You're, you are your physical body. Your physical body is the densest part of your soul, and that changes everything. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree entirely because, um, you know, I mean, my, my, my wife, Amoda, is a spiritual teacher. And, um, and we, we, you know, that's how I have explored the spiritual world in great depth. And all, a lot of, obviously the Eastern traditions, you know, have a, uh, it, it's kind of, they have a reason for being not of the body, you know, and to declare what you said, you know, that we're eternal spirit and the body is, is, is nothing, you know, it's just a coat that you wear. And, um, but now in this time, in this world, you know, in this kind of context that we're in, and Amoda, you know, is, is, is a, is, is, a proponent of this that actually well on one level we're not the body but we are here and there is a body 
it's like, well, I am a spirit, but I am inhabiting a body. Mm-hmm. And so, and what I've learned for myself that I bring to, to, to this kind of converse, conversation is if your body is sick, it's very much more difficult to access your, your true spirit. It it's really impacts you. It really impacts your spiritual self. So actually it makes sense, on, even on the spiritual level, to get those cells breathing and oxygenated and transmuting all the light that they're taking in so that actually you can be who you really are, mm-hmm. which is a light being or a, you know, some, an, an, a, 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 an eternal spiritual being. But you're in the body. It's like now's the time, I, I believe. That is a conversation that's ha- happening where, we, you know, where what you said is absolutely true. We're here, we're in a body. Make use of it. Be it. Well, and I remember reading um, Yogananda's book, Biography of a Yogi, and at Mm. that time I was doing a lot of, I was meditating for up to six hours a day, but I was, I was interesting because I was noticing that I thought I would be more vitalized from this practice, and I'm not, like Mm. my life force energy is actually decreasing, and I'm getting, I'm feeling more tired, and I'm able to cope with less in my day, and which I thought was just totally counterintuitive to the whole purpose of meditation. And then I read in Yogananda's book where he says, when you meditate and you're bringing a lot of prana through your body, you have to balance that by when you finish meditating, doing vigorous physical exercise. Because if you don't, the prana backs up in your body and it's not a compatible vibration and it can actually make you sick. Yeah, really. Yeah, so I thought, oh, that's why. So it's like, no, you can't just sit in lotus position and meditate for ten years because you're you're gonna be you're gonna be like a lump on the ground. You're not gonna be able to move. Your physical body is gonna deteriorate if you do that. So you have to, you know, you do your meditation for however long you want, and then you honor the densest part of your soul and you exercise it. And you let it sweat, and you move that prana through and out your body, instead of letting it all pool there, because it's not yeah. meant to stay there. Like for that. Yeah, that's time. right. And on the other level as well, it's like well, the temple of your of your being is like one of the main pillars is is to honor honor the body. It's like wow, not dishonor the body by just you know doing whatever and then ignoring it and then saying oh well I'm a spiritual being therefore it doesn't matter. It matters. Honor it. You know, like we honor every as- We need to honor every aspect of our of our lives. You know, it's, it's it really is a fundamental that. Huh? Yes, exactly. And it's a fundamental key to activating your healing power, because a lot of people who identify very strongly with the spiritual realm don't feel like they belong here, and they're really kind of ambivalent about being here. And guess what? that sabotages your healing mechanism because you haven't decided whether you want to live here or not. So you haven't chosen life. And until you make that conscious, specific decision, I choose life, I choose to live here now, again, your healing mechanism cannot activate because you haven't committed to your direction. You know, which brings me to... to you know, a lot of people do have fear. There's a lot of fear about that because actually if you invest in that statement or that saying to yourself, I, I choose to be here, 
but actually you've screwed up so much in the past with you know, toxic diet or you know negative emotions and dysfunctional relationships that actually if you suddenly decide turn around and say well I choose to be here it's like wow you really have to go through fear don't you because the fear is you're not going to heal or the fear is you've screwed up all your life you know good point Good point. So now we're back to vulnerability. <laughs> All roads lead back to vulnerability. To be yeah. willing to stand up and show up and say, bring it on. You know what? Because, Ginny, you know, and, and I'm trying to get to somewhere to actually get to the next phase of your website and books and stuff. But <laughs> it, was, it was, for me, one of the key points in my healing was actually when I got, I became so vulnerable that I said, you know, I want to heal my heart, right? I want to heal my wounded heart so much that I actually don't care whether I lose the body or not. But I'm going to stay here and I'm going to open to this vulnerability whatever happens. Whatever happens. And for some reason in my little world, that really mattered to me. Okay. And it was a key in my moving on. It, wasn't, it doesn't sound like anything now, but at the time it was like, how far down the rabbit hole can I go? And I said, you know, I'm going to go the whole way. Do what you want with me, God. Do what, exactly. do whatever. I'm taking care of myself, and I want to open to self-love. That means that I'm prepared for anything. And for some reason, these things make such a difference to your soul. Your kind of soul hears these words, hears these intentions, and actually it creates new energy. It creates, you know, in itself it starts the healing, I, I believe. You know, it's on Absolutely. that deeper level. Opening is so important, you know. Well, and what you just described to me is surrender. Yeah. You, which is a very powerful word. Both, you know, it's a powerful trigger for people. They're like, ah, surrender. I hate that word. I don't want that. I don't, because, you know, <laughs> it's loss of power. It's loss of control. It's saying something bigger than myself, something wiser than me, can, is in, I'm going to give permission to be in control. Huh, right? Because it goes counter to our culture and the way we've been raised. Um, but it's like you said, surrender is the key to being able to drop into that place of deep rest where the resistance, the fighting, the flailing finally stops. Yeah. And that's the birthplace of healing. It certainly is. And, and, and I mean, I know for myself that if you're fighting in your emotions or your mind or you're fighting externally with your family and stuff, you can damn right be sure you're fighting in your gut. Well, and even you hear it over and over, the war on cancer. I'm going to beat my cancer. I'm in a battle and I'm going to win. Honey, you're, you're going nowhere. You might get remission, but it's coming. that's not healing. That's not going to, how's that going to result in a long-term healing position? Just saying. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's just, let, let's try and wrap up. But I want to get you to just, you know, tell me the books that you've got. And I think we've got a deal for people, if, if I'm right in saying. Um, yes. So we want to say about that. And obviously where people can find you. Well, they can find me at listentoyourgut.com, spelled like it sounds. And from there, they can go to whatever mode of um, learning they like. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got Pinterest. I've got Facebook. I've got all that stuff. I've got tons of free downloads because I think it's very important for people to 
um, learn a bit more about my protocols and how they work to see if it even clicks with them. Because there's no point in investing the kind of time and money that you're going to, because you know none of this is covered by Medicare. There's no mm. point in investing that if, if it's not really what you want. And maybe you're not ready. I receive emails from people all the time. I've been following your stuff for two years. It's Christmas Day. I'm in the hospital again. I'm finally ready. That's fine. That's beautiful. Again, we're back to compassion for the self. So I give a ton of stuff away for free for people to really be able to explore it and go, am I ready for this? Mm, yes. Oh, not yet. So right on the homepage, there's a seven steps to a healthier gut, genie's gut guide. That's probably your best place to start because it's, it's like a mini course delivered weekly to your, your inbox and it teaches you everything about probiotics. The, the basic framework for healing the mucosal gut lining. And then with that, I give you free ebooks that you can download. But today, for you, Cabby, very specially, we've got um, a free ebook, my ebook called um, Natural Healing for. I'm like, what's the name of that ebook? <laughs> it's one of my healing guides. And it's um, specifically dealing with healing gut infection. So this contains. Um, two of my most popular protocols. It contains um, Genie's Wild Oregano Oil Protocol because wild oregano is a broad-spectrum antipathogen. It kills everything. It kills um, yeast, a certain amount of parasites, bacteria, viruses. It even kills mycobacteria, and that is scientifically proven. So that's um, Genie's Healing Guide Natural Treatments for Gut Infection. And Cavi, you're gonna have you have a sign-up box. Do you have it on your site and your Facebook page or just on, on your site? I have it on my site. I haven't got the HTML from you yet, so yeah. as soon as I've got it, but I'll, it will be on my site at realpeoplerealhealing.com. If I can put it on the Facebook site, then I will, but I'm not sure whether I can do that. But if I can, I will. Otherwise, it will be on my website, realpeoplerealhealing.com. Perfect. And actually, by the time people listen to this, it will yes. be on your site. Yeah, it will. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so just, you know, take the time. The YouTube videos are really helpful because I demo a lot of the stuff, so it's really, it's a quick way to learn things. And on my side, I also have a, a section called Heal Your Symptoms because, of course, I've been doing this for 13 years, and then people say to me, and I have three kids, so like ear infections. I have a fantastic protocol for ear infections. Um, hemorrhoids, allergies, arthritis, back pain, like these are all things that, my, either my family, myself, my readers have tried and tested. It's not like, oh, here are all the herbal remedies for back pain. I hope one of them works for you. No, these are, these are tried and tested protocols. So you just go to the Heal Your Symptoms section of my site, and there's a drop-down menu. And if I have a protocol, it's there. Okay. And, uh, and the, 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 the first book that you've got, what's that one right, called? That right. That's called Listen to Your Gut. Um, is that main? Is that the sort of the, you know? I know you just talked about the starting places, but as a book, is that a good? That's a good fundamental book. That is like the encyclopedia of healing, in that it ha it's five hundred pages long. It oh. has everything. It has diet, lifestyle factors, emotional healing, um, all the supplements. Uh, depending on what symptoms you have, do you have heartburn? Do you have anemia? Do you have this? Do you have that? It's all in there, and you can. And it also comes with a CD-ROM that has a whole bunch of self, um, you know, tools for you. So it's got a workbook. So at the end of each chapter, you go and you do the workbook. 
which is basically like having a private consult where I would walk you through, okay, so chapter one, what do you need to do from that chapter? What do you need to implement? Where, what are you going to go and change now? And so it really keeps you on track as you go through the book to devise your own unique healing program. And it's all there in black and white, so you don't get lost, you don't get confused, you don't get overwhelmed. And then also on the CD-ROM, there's all kinds of symptom tests. So you're going, well, do I have candida? Oh, here's my test. There's a saliva test that you can do at home and with a glass of water. It's really easy. So here you go. So there's a whole bunch of that stuff in Listen to Your Gut, and that's where most people start. So because it's 500 pages, that's a hardcover book. Um, people are in and out of it all the time, and, and so we built it so it'll really stand up. But you can get the ebook version for 10 bucks. So you can do, you know, cost is not an issue in terms of finding out if this is the way you want to go. And then the elemental diet that we talked about for people in severe disease states where they got to go back to the baby breastfeeding type of thing, that's called the IBD remission diet. And again, that's available in hardcover or ebook. And then the other um, big book that people like is Listen to Your IBS, which is the same concepts in Listen to Your Gut, but specifically for IBS and then a couple of extra things because like hypnosis is something that's been very effective with IBS. So I've got different information on that. And then Listen to Your Colon is the complete uh, natural healing guide for constipation because constipation is actually a very complex disorder. Uh, and the people that have it, they need more than the information that's in Listen to Your Gut because they need a lot of tailored stuff. So that's there. And then I have a huge teleseminar section called Genie Special Interviews on my site. So this is where, like, I talk with the person who came up with the fecal infusion protocol. You know, that's where you take someone's healthy poo and you inject yeah. it into your colon. I talked yeah. to the person who invented that protocol. So there's crazy, awesome information. I've done a teleseminar with um, the way, exact way that the hormones get imbalanced. If you've been sick for over six months, your hormones are imbalanced. So again, that's something that even though you may be treating your gut and healing all your gut issues, if you're not balancing your thyroid and your adrenals, you're not going to be healthy. You're not going to have energy. You're not going to have resilience, right? You're not going to be able to miss a night or two of sleep and bounce back. You're going to be like wiped out. So your hormones are very key. So there's all of these um, things that are on my teleseminar section of my site. So yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's 13 years worth of information on there and... Wow. Well, yeah. I hope you've got it backed up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I got a cloud server on Amazon. It's all there. Wow. I am, um, and, and for those listening, I can, I can testify because when I discovered your site, you know, um, oh, I was on it for days and just kind of trawling around and looking, and uh, it's a really good site. It's very thorough. It's got so many, you know, different inspired kind of ideas but I mean what I really like about it is it's uh it's really thorough Jimmy it's so well researched it's um it really is you know and the products are really specific you know because wow you know the, I mean products for, for for healing guts can be you know quite random and you don't know what you're getting and if you want if you need to go down that road you know as I did then it's okay but you quickly learn that that if somebody can offer you these specific things, they really, it's really, really helpful and heaven sent. So I, I really encourage people to, and you ship worldwide, yeah? We do. And what you just said, that's the reason we started the LTYG shop. I did not want to have a health store. 
everybody yeah. kept emailing me because like when you buy aloe vera for example which we briefly touched on before there's one brand of aloe vera that you can use because it is processed in a way that all of the laxative and all of the irritants are removed but there's no preservative that's been added to it so and so far there's only one brand that I found that meets this criteria and everybody can use it it doesn't it doesn't give anybody diarrhea it only produces healing so I was getting emails from people you know in Europe and whatever saying Jeannie, I'm having to order from 10 different suppliers. The shipping charges are killing me. Is there just one place I can get everything? And so we went, oh. So I got. I talked my husband into leaving his advertising and marketing firm. He's, oh. a, he's a Brit like you too, by the way. I talked oh. him into leaving it, and I said, look, if I set up the shop, will you take it over and run it? Because I just can't do that. That's so outside of my zone. I, and he said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Because we both really felt for these. You know, And you know, you've been sick. You can barely get up off the couch, and you're oh. having to source product from 10 or 15 different manufacturers. That's brutal. So, yeah, it's all there now, and, um, yeah, we ship to over 60 countries. Wow. Well, congratulations to your husband. He's, you know, yeah, that's good. It's good that you've got, it's good that you've got that support as well, because it is, uh, you know, it's quite, it's quite tough putting those kind of things together, isn't it? You know, it requires a lot of work. Well, it's just more time than anybody has in a day. So you have to, like, we outsource a lot of stuff. To, we have people working for us all over the globe because we don't want employees. So we outsource independent contractors. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Like, this is a, this is a huge site, and it's got a lot of tools and resources. But it's, you know what, the thing is, and the reason my husband never went back to his old because he used to work for the big ad agencies in London and Hong Kong and stuff, and he's never gone back there because we get emails, and he talks to people on the phone all the time who are just like, oh, my gosh, my son graduated college because of you. I, I, put, I tucked my daughter into bed tonight, and, and I felt flesh instead of bone for the first time in three years. She's grown two inches. I don't know what I – how do you beat that for job satisfaction? <laughs> how do you go back from there? You can't, man. You're hooped. You're in your life. <laughs> that's so true. It's so true. Wow, fantastic. Okay, I think we're going to have to. That's two hours now. We were yeah. aiming for one hour. We've ended up at two hours, Jeannie. So um, I think we've talked. I think we've I, talked everybody's ears off by now. <laughs> yeah, but if you've lasted the distance, well done. I think you. You know, you've, you you warrior of the year. So um, <laughs> pretty good. I hope. You know, I hope it serves some sort of purpose. I think that it will. You know, I, I'm I'm really inspired about it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go now and get on with your day. And uh, I'm gonna go. It's too late for me to eat, or is it? I think I'll just <laughs> listen, I'll listen to my gut and see what it decides. Yes, maybe some nice raw goat milk would be just the ticket. Cool, that would be lovely. Yeah. Okay, Jeannie, um, and don't forget everybody to visit uh, Real People, Real Healing. Well, you will anyway, because the audio will be on there. But to get the, the, the free ebook, um, Jeannie, um, thank you. Thanks so much, Cavi. It's been a wonderful, wonderful discussion. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really good. I look forward to, um, to, to I don't know, you know, to keeping in contact and um, seeing how it develops in the future. Absolutely. Do you do public shows? Do you do public talks, by the way? You know what? I haven't for a long time because my kids were too young. Um, but mm. I'm just starting to get back into that. So there'll be, there is one video on my channel of a talk I gave last year. Um, and possibly some more things 
coming up in the future. So, yeah. Watch this space, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Okay, you take care and uh, have a nice day. And, All um, right, sweetheart. Thank you very much. For, I mean, I, I do think, you know, no, I was looking for what to say at the end. I think, you know, it, you're doing a great thing. And I really respect, you know, and admire you for, for uh, I don't know, putting it out there. And um, this is what we need. This is what we need in the world. You know, we need yeah. healing on this kind of level to happen, you yeah. know, and it's very, very possible. And here it is. Yeah. Right. We need you know, lots, so, lots and lots of us doing this. Yeah, it is a, there is a big wave going on and uh, it's, it's, it's a rising wave. and It's kind of unstoppable now, I think, you know. Yeah, I do think so. Okay, take care. Awesome. Rock on, Bye. cabbie. <laughs> Bye. Bye.